If you would, stand with me and let's uh, pray this prayer. Let me pray it over us and then stay standing as I read uh, the paragraph that we want to explore today in God's Word. God of the Master Jesus Christ, God of glory, give to our community wise and revelatory thoughts, enlightening our understanding so that we experience the hope from your invitation to enter the kingdom of God, the abundance of your glorious salvation inheritance in us, and the extraordinary greatness of your power for us who believe according to the intense working of your strength. This morning our message is Squanto, the Cross, and Thanksgiving. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2. Christ brought us together. Who is death on the cross? The cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals. Through Him we share the same Spirit and have equal access to the Father. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. Please have a seat. I love the roots of our Thanksgiving celebration. I like to go back and, and read the story again and again and again. And I really, as I read the story this year, there were some things that jumped off of the page. Uh, and I think it has to do with our recent trip to Rwanda. I saw things uh, reading that story that I did not see before. And so I'm going to kind of emphasize maybe a little, little of the back story, but just to remind you, uh, that our, our Thanksgiving season goes back, I mean, back to harvest festival traditions that both Europeans had and uh, Native Americans had. When you were a farmer and you uh, worked uh, in the spring planting and the crop grew in the summer and then you harvested in the fall, you always celebrated the harvest that you brought in. In some ways, it's kind of a shame that we've moved away from an agrarian society because most of us can't even relate to that. But that's what Thanksgiving goes back to. It's celebrating, hey, we brought in the harvest, the barns are full, the silos are full, we're going to celebrate, have a feast, and, and thank God, thank each other. Yippee! Uh, our uh, ancestors here on this continent also celebrated their safe voyage from uh, Europe in a tiny boat. Uh, they celebrated that they, they landed in the new land and there were natives there, but there was peace between the people. And then there was finally, uh, after a horrendous uh, winter, there was a good harvest so that people uh, survived. Thanksgiving in North America goes back to 1621, and it's the celebration of uh, the pilgrims at Plymouth, Massachusetts. Uh, there were 102 colonists uh, and they were helped by local Indians. Uh, those Indians uh, taught them how to plant maize, and they taught them how to fish in the waters uh, so that they could both fertilize the maize and make it grow, as well as uh, survive on some of the fish. What had happened the first winter, uh, only 53 of the 102 colonists survived. So it's a really, really bad winter 
uh, for the Pilgrims. Pilgrim, our Plymouth colony, uh, was founded by a group of separatists and Anglicans. Uh, what, what they were seeking by coming to the New World, they were, they were seeking a couple of things. One, they were seeking freedom uh, of faith. They, they wanted to practice Christianity uh, outside of the constraints of the Church of England. Uh, they, they did not want the king to be the head of the church. They, they wanted there to be a separation of church and state. And they wanted to freely practice their faith without the state intervening or the state requiring the tithe. You know, if you live in a country uh, like Sweden or Norway, you may not go to church, but you pay a tax because there's a state church that you support, whether you want to or not. Well, they didn't want to do that. They, they wanted to, if they're going to give a tithe, they wanted to do that freely. Uh, they were also, when they left the persecution that was going on in England, they went to the Netherlands. And life was better there except uh, in their separatist and pietistic thinking, they really wanted to live distinctly from the people around them. And they could observe that their children were being pulled into kind of this, this Dutch lifestyle rather than what they wanted their children to turn out like. So they wanted to get their children someplace that would be less, quote, worldly. So that was part of what motivated them to seek a new place. So they're seeking freedom, they're seeking holiness, and so they, they bought passage on the Mayflower. You know, the Mayflower would have fit in this room. I mean, it was a tiny ship. And they spent two months uh, traveling in the winter uh, from England uh, to find Plymouth Colony. And they dropped their anchor on December the 17th, 1620. Now, having established that colony, they noticed one of the reasons they picked where they were is because there were ruins of an Indian village. So they knew people have lived here before. So if people lived here before, we could probably live here as well. And so they're kind of setting up shop. And one day, uh, this Native American walks into their camp. You just can imagine this. I mean, you, you have the picture of the pilgrims, you know, they're, you know, the guys in black with the big belt buckles and the stovetop hats. I mean, that, that's really real. So imagine that group of people busy building their homes and this Indian walks in. And he says to them, Welcome, Englishmen. <laughs> I mean, you guys got, what? <laughs> I mean, I thought they said how or, you know, whatever. Welcome, Englishmen. Well, that was Samoset. And Samoset uh, was a, an, a Native American from Maine who had learned some English uh, because he had been kidnapped and taken to England to be sold into slavery. And he escaped and he came back to Maine. And so he is there to welcome uh, the pilgrims. And he introduces the pilgrims to Mazoset, who is the chief of the tribe around them, and also to Squanto. And Squanto is the last remaining, remaining Indian of that village that found. There's more to that story. So we've heard most about Squanto. Uh, so Squanto is the friendly Indian. He's the one who taught the colonists how to raise the maize. He's, he's the uh, Native American that taught them, well, you've got to fertilize the maize by getting herring and put, putting that at the base of the plant, and that'll fertilize it, and it will grow. He taught 
the pilgrims how to fish. He gave fishing lessons, and they caught herring and eel. And he also helped uh, the, the, the colonists just in their relationship with Native Americans. He was, he was really a peacemaker, and he, everybody was living at peace at the time Squanto was around. And without his help, everybody would have died. I mean, there's just no doubt that without him helping uh, the pilgrims, everybody would have perished. They would not have been able to survive another winter. And so in 1621, they had a Thanksgiving because they had a crop. And, they, and, and they're living at peace, and so they combined and had this meal. Well, there is a backstory to this that really ties into what we read uh, in Ephesians. You may be wondering, what's the connection there? Because when Samoset and Squanto walked into this English colony, they already had some history with the English. And I'm, I'm going to use some contemporary terms just so they catch our attention. Because I really marvel that these two men would be willing to help these English. Because number one, both Samoset and Squanto were trafficked. Now, human trafficking has been with us for a while. In 1614, Squanto and 20 other Native American Indians were kidnapped by one of John Smith's lieutenants. His name was Thomas Hunt. Smith was not happy with Mr. Hunt. But Mr. Hunt had the idea he was going to take goods from America, including 20 Native Americans, and he was going to sail to Spain, and he was going to sell these 20, each of them for 20 pounds. And I, and I, and I don't know, I, I didn't read deep enough or far enough, but while Squanto is on the block to be sold as a slave, there was a group of friars, so priests, of the Catholic Church in Spain, it sounded like they got wind of what was happening. They said, no, 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 no. You know, we don't, we don't sell people. And so it seems that these friars got the 20 that were about to be sold, and they said, no, we're not going to sell them. We're going to Christianize them. And so they took the group, and they instructed them in the Christian faith. And in those years of Squanto being with the priests, he convinced them to let him go home. And so he began to wander home. And he wandered from Spain to England. He helped a shipbuilder in England, got passage back, and he came back. When Squanto came back, he discovered that his whole tribe had been exterminated. The remains of the village by the pilgrims was the remain of the village of his family. His whole tribe had been wiped out, probably by smallpox, introduced by the Europeans. Not intentionally, not intentionally at all, but Squanto's coming back to what would have seemed like. It wasn't, but it seemed a genocide. His, his entire tribe's gone. So he's trafficked, he's Christianized, he comes back having lost everything. My question is, how in the world does someone that has experienced that much injustice and that much loss 
How does he end up befriending and helping those that he would have considered his enemies? There's a story there that adds a whole nother layer to thanksgiving. So I'm wondering, I'm wondering if Squanto came to the cross. I'm wondering that because of Christ dying that death, shedding that blood, that you who were once out of it altogether, a Native American, would have been out of it. But you're in on everything. See, I'm really wondering if Squanto was one of those outsiders that came in contact with the insider and they all came to the cross. And so what filtered out is this new humanity that starts, it's a fresh start for everybody. I'm wondering if that happened in Squanto's life because as I read that Ephesians 2 paragraph, Squanto brought together, was brought together with his enemies. I mean, he embraced what would have seemed like his enemies without hostility. He preached peace to the insider colonists and and got the outsider and insider together. He treated everyone as an equal. He was no longer a wandering exile. So I I just wonder, did this kingdom of faith really become his home? I mean, what else would explain his ability to befriend and help those that had caused him great harm? So in this season, what what I'm thinking is that we ought to join Squanto in, in giving thanks. You know, giving thanks that you and I, you know, we're no longer strangers or outsiders. You know, we're, we, we belong here, and not just belong here in the sense of this land, but really the more eternal thing, that we belong here in this land of faith. And that we have as much right to the name Christian as anybody else on the planet that comes to the cross. So what I've discovered in looking at Ephesians and thinking about Squanto and the Thanksgiving story I've just realized, man, we've got to include the cross in our thanksgiving. So as you gather with your family, think about these things. It's it's the cross that brings us together. It's the cross that gets us to embrace each other. It's the cross that ends hostility between people. It's the cross that preaches peace. It's the cross that makes us equals. There's no more insider. There's no more outsider. We're equal in God's eyes. It's the cross that provides us equal, an equal share of the Spirit and equal access to the Father. Every one of us, is on equal terms with the Holy Spirit and with Almighty God the Father. Whether we're in this room together or whether we're all across this planet, everybody...
because of the cross, has equal share of the Spirit, equal access to the Father. So we can really give thanks, not just for the near history of people coming to this land, but also the further history that on a cross, Jesus Christ died on a cross. I mean, that's where our, th- our thanksgiving should go all the way back there. We should be thanking God for what the cross has provided us in our nation as well. So my suggestion is, as we gather on Thursday with our family, some way, somehow, recognize that we're giving thanks, not just for the pilgrims coming to America and the beginning of our nation and thanksgiving. We're giving thanks because there's a God behind that. And there was a man, Squanto, that I don't have any other explanation for him. Now, I don't know of any other power on the planet that would enable him to help his enemy other than the cross of Jesus Christ. So would you like to stand with me? Jesus, we want to thank you this morning for the cross. And Lord, while it's just a guess of mine that somehow the cross played some sort of role in Squanto's life, Lord, I know that at this moment that that the cross can really make a difference in our lives. Lord, I ask that we would recognize that it's the cross of Jesus that brings us together with you, brings us together with one another, and brings us together with everybody on this planet, even our enemies. Lord, we want to give you thanks that it's the cross that enables us to embrace each other, to love each other, and even to love our enemies. It's the cross, Lord, that ends hostility in our own lives, hostility on our planet. Lord, it's, it's the cross that preaches peace, and we want to give you thanks for the peace that has invaded our world because of the cross. And it's the cross, Lord, that makes us equal, that we're all equal Uh, standing on equal ground with equal access to the Spirit and equal access to the Father. So, Lord, we just stand today. We just want to give you thanks for what you have done, done not only in the history of our nation, but what you've done in the history of the world. Lord, we thank you for the cross. Lord, we thank you for Squanto. Lord, we thank you that somehow, some way, he was able to befriend the pilgrims and provide them with the knowledge they needed to live on this continent. Lord, we want to thank you uh, for the heritage of giving thanks and pray that as we, as we move forward with the heritage of the cross, that everything uh, that the, the cross brings into our life, that we'd be able to live that out here and with our, with our neighbors and with the other nations. So, Lord, thanks for the season. I pray for your blessing upon each and every family as we uh, enjoy this week. Uh, May you be present and may you bless because of what you've accomplished for us on the cross. In your name, Jesus, we pray. I do want to, as we're saying goodbye today, if you, sometimes holiday times are stressful for us. And, uh, you know, if you have some fear and anticipation about, well, I've got to be with 
people this week that sometimes it's not as pleasant, you know, we would be glad to pray with you. Uh, we just really want God to really bless uh, this week. So if there's if we can help you in any way, praying for you, encouraging you in this week, a few of us will gather over here if you'd like prayer. Other than that, have a great holiday, and we'll see you sometime later. Thanks.